Good evening from Mizzou Arena. Welcome in to Yingling Post Game Live here on Power Mizzou. Another Missouri loss. This one, ninety-one to eighty-four to Arkansas. Don't kid yourself. This was not a seven-point basketball game. Missouri trailed by nineteen at half, twenty-one early in the second half, double digits the vast majority of this of the game and. Previously, one and six Arkansas, a team that has as much turmoil as anybody in the country, came into Mizzou Arena and sent Missouri to 0 and 8 in the SEC. Eight and I don't know, 13 overall, I think. I've lost track, to be quite honest with you. I think it's eight and 13. Alex is uh, nodding his head there um, behind the scenes. So I'm right on eight and 13. Once again, this is Yingling post game live. Want to. Make sure. I actually looked up in a suite behind me on Press Row and saw a can of Yingling. So it is served at at least in the suites at Mizzou Arena. I don't know if you can get it in the regular, the cheap seats. Um, good crowd tonight. A lot of people on hand. Few of them had a Yingling or twelve or however many it took to get through that game. We don't encourage you maybe to have twelve. Um, not all in one night, but do grab one. Settle in. Comments, questions, anything you want to put in the queue, we're going to bring Drew King on here in just a minute. Drew's still getting set up. I will add him to the show, but any comments or questions you have, feel free. Alex is going to throw them up throughout the show. I'll just give you – like, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this individual game. Uh, it's a bad game and a bad season. We're going to talk a little bit, though, about what Dennis Gates said after the game. And I am, uh, I'll wait till Drew gets on here to do that. I want to say this, guys. I think tonight felt different. This felt like a turning point for a lot of the people that have been still pretty staunchly supportive and just, hey, this is a blip. This is a bad year. We'll get through it. Um, still looking forward to next year. Tonight, and we bring Drew King on the screen. I don't know if he can hear me yet, but uh, okay, he can hear me. So, Drew, I've, I've just been going for just a minute, and I was saying, this felt different to me. Um, the reaction online, the reaction from Dennis Gates, like, it, it seemed, this one seemed a little bit worse to me. In a bad season, this seemed like the night where a lot of people said, Oh, wait, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was this bad. Yeah, uh, I, I apologize if I'm out of breath. I just ran up the stairs to get here. So <laughs> no, you're good, man. <laughs> okay. You didn't have to go that fast. I had plenty to say. <laughs> okay, good. Um, no, so I think I, I obviously am uh, in kind of the early stages of, of my career. I've been covering college basketball for about six years now. But so far, that first half was probably one of the worst I've ever seen to be honest. Right. And I'm not trying to be mean when I say that it's no. just like, it, it was truly like a lack of effort, which is not typical for this specific team. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Dennis Gates admitted him that admitted that himself. He said that, you know, we came out flat and he took responsibility for it, but like for a game where like, if you want to avoid being winless in conference play, this was one of the easier ones to get. 
and you mm. just completely blew the opportunity. So I totally understand the frustration from the fans. I think Dennis Gates is pretty frustrated himself after that one. Um, so yeah, it was just like not the performance that you were expecting out of this group. And, it, you know, I was texting with some people during the game. Uh, one of them said the same thing you did at halftime. He he said, I think that's the worst half of basketball I've ever seen. And then two minutes into the second half, one of the other people in the text chain said, let me introduce you to the second half. Um, it did get better eventually, but it didn't matter by the time it did get better. Um, I, I think I had told some people with about 10 minutes left, I said, the one thing this team hadn't done all year is just failed to show up. Mm -hmm. Like they'd had bad day. Yeah. Illinois. Yes. Illinois blew them out of the water, but like Illinois was a good team. That was as much right. about Illinois as, as it was about Missouri. Um, the rest of the games, like, look, they've been mostly in them. There was a little, I don't want to say quit, but a little mail it in down the stretch against Florida, I think. But for the most part, they've, they've been in games. They fought, they've, they've shown up. Well, they checked off that box tonight. Cause they didn't. Uh, yeah. until, and, and I want to be real clear. I don't use I, I don't use the word quit. I don't say they weren't trying because that's I that's not fair of me to say. I don't know. But they just they were never a part of this game. Uh it was and you could identify it really early. I think Drew, it was 16-10 Arkansas, and Missouri hadn't scored for a couple of minutes. And I looked at you and I said, they better get a bucket pretty quick, or here comes here comes the stretch where it's over. And like three minutes later, it was over. It's not just that it happens. It's that you can see it happening with this team every game. Yeah, and it's, it's really funny, too, because for the first, like, two or three possessions, I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought, wow, Missouri, Missouri is, like, really into this one. Jordan Butler had the, the forced mm -hmm. layup on Arkansas's first shot and then had a nice foul drawn on the other end. I thought he was going to dunk it. Like, it's the highest I've seen him jump in a game before. So I was like, okay, like Jordan Butler's got it going tonight. Um, it seemed like he had a size advantage over uh, Jalen Graham from Arkansas. Um, like I, I thought, you know, maybe Missouri like actually has a chance in that one. And like immediately after they, they have the cold spell early, they get down, they give up a bunch of second chance points. Um, they give up a lot of turnovers, which um, is what, not what I was expecting. Uh, mm -hmm. going up against Arkansas, who um, is not a team that forces a lot of turnovers. So, um, and like the first 10 minutes, by the 10 minute mark, um, Tamar Bates, Sean East and Nick Honor have zero points and four turnover turnovers combined. Um, and, and you're just not going to win games that way. So uh, like you said, it, it's not necessarily like they weren't trying, but it wasn't their best try. <laughs> right. Right. Like, right. It, like we've we've seen them fight a lot harder than that before. And and Alex, I don't know if you can go back if you have it uh, marked the comment. There was a comment a couple minutes ago where somebody said Tamar Bates looked pissed off, but he was the only one. Um, I agree. I, I like start to finish. Like, yeah, Tamar had a rough start, but his first two shots went in and out. And I know he had six turnovers tonight, but those were. Like, I can live with turnovers because a guy's just trying so damn hard because the other four guys aren't aren't doing anything. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't – he had no help. Again, for the second time in about four games, he was close to 30. I think he had 29 tonight. Yeah, and, 29. 
Yeah, and just and five steals, and he made half his shots, and he played almost every minute, and he is out there, and like you can see it, even down fifteen, he's making a, he's getting an and one, and like he's trying to fire this team up, but it just didn't work. There, mm-hmm. there was just nothing else. I mean, the second closest, this is telling guys. The second guy that was brought into the post game press conference was Mabor Majak, and frankly, I thought he probably should have been. Because he's the only other guy who appeared to play with energy and effort and tried to get this team going tonight. The rest of it was just kind of, I mean, Noah Carter floated the whole game. Nick Honor took two shots. He floated the whole game. Aiden Shaw, I can't even remember the first time he played, but it it took a while. Um, Somebody referenced Jordan Butler started, and like you, I thought he started pretty well, and then he was just done. Like, we didn't see him in the second half. Connor Vanover had a two possession stretch where it looked okay. And that was it. I mean, just outside of Bates, I, I don't know what there was Bates and a, a little bit of Mabor. And I don't mean this to sound insulting, but like, he can't be the second guy. Like that's not, that's not going to work. Right. So Gabe, you were cutting out a little bit there, but um, uh, I, I, I kind of got the gist of your point, which was that like Mabor, you know, was kind of the best big tonight. And Noah Carter only played three minutes in the second half. I asked Gates after the game if that was injury-related or a coach's decision. He said it was definitely a coach's decision, right? Um, And the fact that Noah wasn't able to step up tonight, Gates pulled him because he wasn't getting to the boards, right? He was giving up a lot of weak side rebounds. Um, That's that's your team captain, you know? Um, like that, that's a guy who's supposed to be leading you and, and be one of the guys that's pissed off. And it just didn't seem that way, you know? And then on top of that, you look at um, Nick Honor, like, you know, Gates talks about, we want him shooting 10 threes a game. Well, he only had two tonight, right? And like, you're wanting this to be a senior led team right that's kind of what the calling card was coming into the season is like it's a really experienced team everybody's been to the ncaa tournament before but it's just not like translating into anything tangible at this point so let's let's transition to the post-game press conference because like i so i walked i went down at halftime got a bottle of water and i walked back up and it's Drew and me and Eli Hoff from the St. Louis Post-Dispatcher in our row. It, it, like, we have a lot of room, but, like, road people don't travel. Uh, people show up in the post-game press conference, but I don't know where they sit during the game because they're not mm-hmm. very close to us. So um, so it's just the three of us. And so I, I walked back up. I said, we need some teamwork here. We've got to figure out how to ask a question that Dennis is actually going to answer. Because, like, he's kind of famous for not doing that. Right. He just like there are jokes on the board. Hey, you know, every team's a tournament team and all that. Like you can ask whatever you want and he's going to say whatever he wants. Um, so I, I was trying to figure out, like, how do we even ask anything about this? And then it became pretty clear, like it wasn't just us that thought tonight was different. Dennis thought tonight was different. Mm-hmm. The opening statement was like I was getting texts during the game, you know, I want to see some fire out of him. Like he needs to get mad and he didn't get mad. He didn't yell, but he, he raised his voice. There was more volume. There was more passion. And and he, he came right out and said, we're flat and it's my fault. And the fans were great. And by the way, it should be mentioned. It was a pretty good crowd. 
And he said, I apologize for our effort. And like, I know that doesn't, when you lose that that's going to ring hollow. Like I know how fans react to losses. They get mad when you don't say anything and then you, they get mad if you do say something. So that's not going to make anybody feel any better, but I thought he showed more emotion and a little more, like, I think you could walk out of that press conference pretty safely saying that Dennis was frustrated and, and frankly pissed off. Yeah. Um, as, as Eli put it to me, he's like, I, I think I have something to write about. Like mm -hmm. it, it was, it was definitely like a distinctively different tone from Gates after that one. And I think it, it is because of like kind of the seriousness of the situation, like whatever momentum they had built up from last year, that's, that's gone now, you know, like oh, this yeah. is, this is a program that's like looking like it's on the ropes. It's, um, possibly one that's looking down the barrel of a winless conference season, which I, I don't know the SEC history with this team game, but I don't know if that's happened before. Um, and, and so like, you're, you're looking at a historically bad season is, mm -hmm. is the point here. Um, and so I think that they, like Gates said, they practice great, right? Like this was a game that they were going to take seriously and, like, like I said before, it was one of your better chances to avoid a winless season. And so for it to go that poorly, um, I, I think the change in tone was definitely uh, understandable from Dennis Gates. Yeah. No, it, it just surprised me just because we don't see that out of him much. And Cole yeah. had asked, like, how this happens. Um, well, for, how is it possible? It, I mean – First of all, they do have 10 games left. They're at Vandy Saturday. I don't think they're going 0-18, but like we talked about at the beginning of the week, they go 0-2 this week, and it's a lot more realistic. Mm -hmm. And how is it acceptable? I mean, I, that's where I get into, what does that mean? I, I don't know. I mean, what do you want me to do? What do you want us to do? Like, do we pound the table? Do we yell at Dennis? Dennis doesn't, he's not happy about this either. So th this is leading to this. I'll just tell you guys, I, I know how seasons like this go. He's not getting fired after this year. And I don't even right. think most people think he should, right? I, I think most people understand that. Now, you can be angry about it. You can, uh, you know, you can say whatever you want. But, like, he's not going to get fired at the end of this season. And so I'm not really going to waste any time on that. Um, but it, it is a horrible, horrible season. There's no question. I, I mean, yeah. this is a much bigger step back than any of us expected no question um and like i said i feel like tonight and personally for me tonight was kind of a oh yeah this is like we can't this isn't john tanjay and caleb grill are hurt this isn't hey they're close but no this is this is really bad and that's that's the only way to put it and um you know but again he's i mean he's getting next year Right. And, you know, I, like you said, I think we were all expecting a step back. Um, but this is like a Luka Doncic level this, step back. This is a this James is, Harden this, level. This step is falling. Back. This is just falling down. Yeah. This is running out of the tunnel and falling down. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think when it comes down to it, where the season kind of went sideways is – they were expecting the seniors to be capable of yeah. taking on bigger roles. Um, and they just haven't been. 
right? Um, you know, Sean East probably shouldn't be the leading scorer of an SEC team. I think he'd be great as a number two or a number three guy, but like, I don't know that he's able he at his size. He dribbles, he dribbles a lot. Yeah. He had six turnovers tonight. Um, you know, Noah Carter probably shouldn't be your number two or number three guy, right? I think he was in a better role last season. Um, you can say Nick Honor needs to be shooting 10 three-pointers a game, but I think he was a lot way, more that's effective. The, that's the thing Dennis said tonight, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Um, he can say that, but I think that Nick was a lot more effective as more of a facilitator and a game the manager, right? Um, and, and so, like, yeah, I think it was just some – I think everybody's just overextended at this point. Um, you're seeing Tamar Bates have a great game, but again, like he can't do it by himself and there's not really anybody else who was able to help him. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, Alex, start that question from Ken, cause I want to get to that in a minute um, and we'll put it back up. Um, but I want to highlight a couple other things Dennis said, and it, it was kind of funny the order in which it happened because I asked him like, What's this team's identity? What can you hang your hat on? And, like, he didn't really answer it, right? Um, he just kind of started talking about how Nick needs to shoot. He, well, he started out, he said, I see the things in practice that we need to do. And then we get to games and we just tighten up and we don't. He said, we don't play free enough. We don't take enough risks and we don't do them. And then you asked the next question. I can't remember exactly what the question was. It was, it was about Noah Carter. Yeah. Right. It was about benching Noah Carter, and and so he talked for about 30 seconds on that, and then just mid-sentence goes, points at me and says, and it goes back to your question, like, every night, we don't know what stats we're going to be good at. We don't know who's going to be ready to go. We, you're, you're trying different guys, and you look around, but you just – and that, right there, that is what I've said about this team for five weeks now, and I'm glad the head coach finally said it. And this is his fault. I, I, I don't want to say he doesn't get blamed for this. But every game – I mean, Drew, I think I told you in the first half about five different guys. I said, well, he can't play anymore. And you go, well, who should play then? And I go, I don't right. know. Andrew, somebody else. And, and that's the problem. The answers are there. He, he just I, I don't really care if it's Connor Vanover or Mabor Majak or Aiden Shaw or Nick Honor or Kurt. I, I don't care. They're just he can't field a he cannot put five guys on the floor right now that he can count on. Um and I think we actually got to the bottom of that question, Gabe, because I, I asked you, like, okay, if Noah's not playing anymore, who are you throwing out there? It's Mabor Majak, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, that's that's. I kind mean, of, I, I would personally still go Jordan Butler, but that's just me. True. I mean, Jordan didn't have the best night either, but I, I definitely understand that. But I think the issue is Dennis – dealt himself a bad hand right yeah, i think that's sure. the best way to put it is just like he picked out what cards he had to play um but it's turned out that none of them are very playable right. so he, he he picked up his hands and he goes well i got a two a three a seven <laughs> a four. what the hell do i do with this it's like if you're the dealer playing texas hold'em and you give yourself a two seven like you can't do anything with that, right? That mm -hmm. like, and so, um, yeah, like, but like, that's 
the cards that you're going to have for the rest of the season. Like it's, it's he, he said it best. Like they have to be participators in their own rescue participants. I love in their that own quote, rescue. by the way, that was awesome. But because like nobody's coming to save them. Right. And nobody's going to have sympathy for them because of how this year's gone. Um, so yeah, like that's kind of where they're at right now. Um, and, and again, like Dennis deserves the blame 100%, yeah. but like that's it, it's not going to get any better at this point other than like maybe some guys getting healthy and even then like i don't know that it's going to turn things around so this season is what it is and we know that and look there's no difference in winning one more game you need to win one one more game or four more games or whatever it doesn't really matter but this is not pro sports there's no reward like if this is a professional team, this is when we're on here going, they should intentionally lose every other game because mm -hmm. they're going to get the number one pick. But that's not going to happen in college sports. So everybody wants to talk about next year. So, Alex, if you can put Ken's question back up about um, staff changes, changes in offensive and defensive scheme or both. Um, I, I don't see any need for a staff change. Like, look, guys, they won 25 games a year ago. They missed this year. They don't have enough talent. They've made mistakes, no question. They did not forget basketball. Um, I They need more talent is, is really the core issue. So let's talk about next year. And I'll just start it because I told Drew during the game. I said, I bring back Tamar Bates and the three freshmen. That's it. It's all I do. I'd, I'd move on everybody else and go get two to three starters out of the portal. I uh, I mean, you disagree with me there? Uh, no. And again, like not trying to be mean in any way, but like, right, you like do... we're not trying to pick on individual guys, right. but this is big boy basketball and some of them are making money now. So right. I don't have a problem saying yeah, it's, it's probably not working. Yeah. And, and like you have to shed some of the dead weight, right? Because I like a lot of the guys that are eligible to come back next year have not proven that they can play at this level. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think the right move is you just got to move on from most of them and, and bring out back the guys that have shown a little bit of potential. Because, look, as fast as last year has disappeared, this year can disappear, too. Mm -hmm. You go get the right guys out of the portal. You have Marcus Allen come in and be ready to be a defensive stopper. You have Honor Boateng come in and, and be what a top 25 player in the country should be. You have Trent Pierce start to be the player you thought he was and Ant Robinson and Jordan Butler take another step in and Tamar Bates be a dude. Hey, you can go win 23 games and be back in the tournament again. Like mm -hmm. it's that fast, but this year is so bad that you can't do this again next year. You can't miss you. you I mean, if we're sitting here 12 months from today and Missouri's eight and 13 and halfway through the sec schedule without a win, I promise you we're having very serious conversations at that mm -hmm. point. Um, and so he gets next year. Like I said, he 100% gets next year, but he's now put himself in a position where next year has to be pretty good. It has to be a lot better. It doesn't have to be, I'm not putting a number on it, but it has to be a lot better than this year. And so the trade-off of, hey, we can transfer anytime we want and we don't have to sit out and we can do all, you know what the trade-off is? The coach can come tell you, you're not good enough to play here too. And that's got to happen. Yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah, scholarships have pretty much been like a it's a one-year deal right like it, it kind of well and dennis has already told us he wants like 28 players so just go <laughs> exactly. <at> everybody. <laughs> bingo um but yeah like i think that it's pretty clear that um this team with the injuries it's had um is 
is not a very competitive SEC team, and I'm not sure it would be that much more competitive like, even if everybody was healthy. If they're um, fully healthy, like there may be 500. Right. Um, and not in the SEC, just just period. Yeah, overall, right? Yeah. You, you'd beat Jackson State maybe if John Tanjay was healthy. Um, but, again, like it, it does have to be a little bit of a reset because – you're looking at a historically bad season, even if they, you know, win a couple of games here, like it's going to be a really rough one. And you wouldn't be as concerned if this was his first season. Right. And and they made right. the tournament you flip these the and everybody right. thinks it's a program on the rise. Exactly. Um, and, and so I think the bigger concern is that it is out of order and that they did take this fall down the steps. Um, and, and so, yeah, like you've, you've got a big, and talented freshman class coming in next year. Um, you assume that Tamar Bates can sustain this level of play and that um, the, the other young guys can take a step forward. Um, but like I, that alone is not going to be enough to be a competitive right. SEC team. No, right? they, so they've got to hit on guys transfer. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta nail your portal evaluations going into next year. And so Cole asked, we struggled to land difference makers in the portal coming off last season. Why will it be better after this season? Well, I, I don't know that it will, but I don't believe in this. Well, he didn't recruit the portal well last year, so he's not going to recruit it well next year. I mean, mm -hmm. he went out and he, he chased Caden Shedrick and I don't really know what happened there. I think Texas just gave him a better offer. He chased Matthew Cleveland, but it seemed pretty obvious Matthew Cleveland was going to Miami from jump. Uh, Caleb Love, we don't really know what happened there. Um, Caleb Love was was going to come to Missouri, and then he just wasn't. And uh, you know, and and Larry's asking how different it is. I mean, it'd be better. Mm -hmm. um, you know, does Caleb Love is Caleb Love worth ten wins? No, nobody's worth ten wins. But if you've got Caleb Love out there. Um, you know, with Tamar Bates and Sean East, and that's your three-man backcourt. Yeah, it looks better. I don't. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, you know, uh, so just look. He he missed last year. There's no question. And now, like we said, it's not just that he has to go hit the portal. He has to be right. I mean, he he just has to be right on most of them. Right, because that's the thing. I I have this in my column tomorrow. Um, it, it's not like he hasn't hit in the portal at all, right? Like. Right, like DeAndre Hodge, Golston, that, that yeah. was pretty good. Yeah, Cleveland State guys were great. DeAndre Golston did his job, right? Tamar um, Bates looks like a good player. Tamar Bates looks great. Uh, Noah Carter and Nick Honor were good as, um, you know, fifth or fourth options, right? They're not good as your your top three core, right? Um, and so I think that's where they went wrong this year, was thinking that they had the guys, the horses, to make it through this year um, and, and thinking that people could take on roles bigger than they are actually capable of. And so that's the thing that you got to avoid moving forward. Right. Um, and and I, they're going to reassess how they approach that after this year, I would think. Right. Like they're not going to try to make sure that, that they don't want this to happen again, obviously. So I, I think it's going to be like a little bit of a look in the mirror and, and really thinking about what do we need going into this next mm -hmm. season. And the magic man is asking if he didn't get much NIL support because of the basement shop. No, I like money was there. I don't know if it was, you know, but like you don't get Matthew Cleveland to campus if you don't have the money. 
Um, you know, maybe he just picked somebody else or maybe somebody else paid him a little more. Maybe Gates said, yeah, I don't think you guys are worth quite that much. Whatever. I don't know. But there was money there. I mean, Missouri football's doing real well in IL-wise. There's no way that basketball has no support because I know some people who are giving money to it. So, um, yeah, they've, they've got money. Um, look, this, this thing is – at the end of the season – all that stuff we just said about he has to go find guys in the portal and he has to be right. What did I tell you guys all spring and all summer? I don't care who the quarterback is, but Eli Drinkwitz has to pick the right one. And you know what? He did. And he went out and he won 11 football games. And now we aren't having any of the conversations we were having about Eli 12 months ago. And so now, hey, now Dennis Gates got to go do that too. He's got to go hit and he's got to win. And if he does – then we're all good, and this is going to go away. And and this is Magic Man. I'm going to have to have you explain it. Amazing that your expectations for Gates are a lot higher than they were for Drink. I, I don't know if that means like at the beginning or I, I I don't understand what you're saying to be quite honest there. So if you want to explain it, we'll we'll get to the bottom of it. We'll let Drew go right here in a couple minutes. But um, there's not that much more to say about this year. I mean, this year's done, and it's all about who's. It, you know, because again, two and sixteen, four and fourteen. I don't care. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, so I I did see a couple of comments saying like, do you just play the freshman thirty minutes a night? Right. Like, you can't. No, because they're trying to win. Yeah, and and like you do have to try to win, and also like I I don't think that it's necessarily beneficial for the freshmen to be thrown into the fire with the season off the rails as it is right like I, I think it is good for them to like you make sure they're earning their minutes right knowing like they're not just going to be handed stuff over just because the season's gone the way it has um and, and also like I don't know that they're always physically ready. Like Jordan Butler gets pushed around a little bit out there. Trent Pierce is even skinnier and and all three of them like rack up fouls left and right. So like they need to kind of, you, you can't throw them into the fire because it will hurt their confidence by doing that. Right. And part of building for the future is not just throw them out there and play them as many minutes as possible. It's putting them in positions to be successful. Right. Um, and look, Cole's asking if he'll start him. Jordan Butler started tonight. He started, mm -hmm. I think the last three games, uh, Ant Robinson started a couple games earlier and Gates brought up tonight, you know, he was starting to play better and then, uh, his grandma got sick and he missed a couple games and Trent Pierce got sick himself and missed a couple games, you know, so it, yeah, I'd like to see a little more minutes because there are guys, like I said, I look down every game and I'm like, well, that guy can't play anymore, but mm -hmm. you got to play five guys, man. You got 200 minutes in a basketball game and you got to use them all. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at. Um, I don't know, Drew, any closing thoughts, parting shots before we let you go ahead and go write your column and I will uh, um, up with a couple things? Not off the top of my head. I mean, like, I, what is there to say? I, in my post-game yeah. thoughts, I, I literally, like, just posted a gif of Jay-Z given the, the grimacing face, like, because mm -hmm. that's, that's the vibe that's the team is giving at this point. There's just not a whole lot. Thank you, Jackson, for petitioning to make me a gymnastics reporter. I got bad news, guys. If Drew's a gymnastics reporter, oh. I don't know if Drew will look for a job first or I'll make him go get a different <laughs> job first because <laughs> gymnastics is cool. It ain't paying the bills. No, <laughs> no but, um, yeah, like it's it, 
there's 10 games left. I think the rest of the season just has to be, you know, let's avoid bottoming out, right? Like you, you still have. Well, I think we're done bottomed out. Well, yes, but I, I mean, in the sense of like going winless in conference play. Yeah, I think that's that has to be the entire goal for the rest of the season. And one other thing is like they keep saying, you know, we want to go one and zero tonight. Realistically, you have to know that the streak is weighing on them, right? Oh, yeah. At, at, at this point, and and. I think that they have to accept that at some point. Like, hey, this isn't going how we want it to. Let's do right. something about it. Right. And I, I think we started to see that a little bit from yeah. yesterday. So, yeah. All right, Drew, I'm going to let you roll, man. Uh, I know you've got more work left to do than I do. So, I, I'm going to let you get to it. Um, appreciate Drew joining us. We'll take him out. I'll stick here with you for a couple minutes. If there's any more questions, comments, whatever, throw them up there. Um, but yeah, again, just kind of ending where we started. I, I think you guys can tell from my tone. I could tell from the tone of the the posts and the tweets and the text messages I was getting. Tonight felt like a night where a few people started to slide a little closer to switching sides. I mean, there are some, and and I'm not talking about the the every night and every half. This is those people react this way. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the crowd who tends to be a little more wait and see, a little more measured, a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Some of that is slipping. Um, and tonight felt like a night that a decent amount of it slipped. Um, I don't know. Saturday, look, does it matter if you beat Vanderbilt? In some sense, not really. But you better go beat Vanderbilt. Get one. Just get one. And then suddenly, like Drew said, that streak isn't there anymore. You know, um, then they're just a team who won their last game, not a team that, that lost their last eight or whatever. And and I know that seems like a stupid difference, but like these are still 20, 21-year-old guys that they need something good to happen to them. And yes, they're responsible for making it happen, but they need something good. And um I think tonight what you saw was a team that has seen so many bad things happen to them that they came out and saw a couple bad things happen and just they just didn't have it in them to to fight it for 40 minutes. You know, and I know they hey, they were fouling and firing up threes and they cut it to a seven-point game. And I, this was not a seven-point game, guys. This was This was the most lopsided game of the season outside of Illinois. And the difference is Illinois is actually good. And Arkansas kind of sucks. Um, has, has all season. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, there were points where I couldn't figure out how Arkansas was only up 15. Um, but they dominated tonight, got the win. Um, they can officially claim 12th place in the SEC. Missouri and Vandy will play for 13th on Saturday. Uh, appreciate all you guys hanging out with us. Like, comment, subscribe, share it, do all those things. If you're listening on the podcast, which I'll put up after this, uh, share it on social media, leave some uh, leave some good reviews. And as always, want to thank Drew and Alex for their work here, but also want to thank our friends at Yingling for making this possible. Um, trust me, I think they would like to be sponsoring happier shows. They would like uh, they would like nice comments and smiling. Drew and smiling Gabe and all that. Um, instead, they got 
what the hell did we just spend two hours watching tonight? So that's where we're at. We'll come back. We'll do it again next time. Thanks, guys.